Good evening. Thank you so much, Sarah, for playing that for us. That was, that was great. I would love if you would open with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll be focusing on verses 16 to 18 this evening. To 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. This is God's word. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for, etern- for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. Let's pray together. Father God, we pray now that as we come to study your word together that you would give us your help. In and of ourselves, we could not understand it. We could not apply it to our lives. But by the power of your spirit, you're able to transform us. And I pray that you would do this in us this evening. We pray that we would see Christ glorified, his name magnified, and our lives changed by him this evening. We pray this in his precious name. Amen. I don't like the gym. I know you may not be able to tell that from my peak physique, but I don't like the gym. I just don't know what it is. I just don't like it. I mean, the membership is expensive, your muscles hurt after going there, it takes so long to see any good results. What is there not to like? But I just don't like the gym. But in the gym, there is one thing that causes me more turmoil than anything else, and this is the Stairmaster. But even though the Stairmaster is my arch nemesis, I still subject myself to it from time to time for some reason. And so I get on it. I climb those those dreaded steps. I set the goal to 20 minutes, and I start walking up these stairs at a decent pace. And so I've been going for a while. I start to feel a little bit of a sweat coming on. My legs start to burn. I think, "Oh, oh, here, this isn't going too badly this time. Maybe I'm starting to get a little bit fitter. I reckon I've probably been going around 15 minutes. And so I look at the timer, and a mere three and a half minutes have passed by. My heart sinks. I then start to keep looking back at the timer, and and every 30 seconds feels like about half an hour. This is truly torture. But what I begin to realize is that by constantly looking at that timer, I felt like I was going nowhere. I felt so discouraged because it just felt like too difficult a task. And then I remembered some advice that someone had given me. That when you do anything like this, whether it be a Stairmaster, whether you're going on a run, you never look at the time. But you keep your head up and you focus on that end goal. You focus on it completely. You keep your mind fixed on that end goal. And by doing this, you're motivated to keep going to the end no matter what pain you may be going through in the moment. And when we come to this passage in 2 Corinthians, Paul is essentially saying the same thing to this church, this church in Corinth, 
Paul and this church were facing great persecution. In the passage just before, Paul says that they are afflicted in every way, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. The faith of this church was under immense pressure. And where there is pressure, there is temptation to give in. There was a temptation for this church to compromise on their faith, to give in to sin, to renounce their faith in Jesus, to stop sharing the gospel so that their suffering would stop. But Paul wrote this passage to this church in Corinth that they would not lose heart, so that they would not compromise. He wrote this so they would know how to live an uncompromising life for Christ. And this is why this is so important for us this evening. Recently, we as Christians have seen such an increase on on pressure on our faith, haven't we? We have seen new legislation passed on abortion and gay marriage that goes directly against the teaching of the Bible. In schools, there is so much pressure to conform to what everybody else does to fit in, no matter what it is. In work, there are so many challenges and opinions that create an almost unbearable pressure to conform to movements and decisions that go against the Bible's teaching. And even with this outbreak of the coronavirus, we are in this period of fear and uncertainty which can, which can be at the time a really tough thing to persevere through in our faith. This pressure is a very real thing that all Christians of all ages face. And so we come to this passage, and this passage shows us that although we will face pressure as Christians, although there will be temptation to conform, there is a hope and there is a promise that we can cling to to live an uncompromising life for Christ. And so I want, us, I want us to notice first our hope in renewal. Verse 16 says, So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And so even though this church has been going through and will continue to go through trials for their faith, Paul remains hopeful. He says, we do not lose heart. It's as as if Paul is is rallying up the troops and he's about to give his motivational speech. He's essentially saying, don't give up. But how can he say this? What hope is there in this situation? Well, let's continue in verse 16. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Our outer self is wasting away. When Paul talks about the outer self here, he doesn't just mean our bodies, but what he means is our bodies and our emotions and our stamina. And we know this, don't we? We know that we're wasting away. All of us know that death is a real thing, and there will be a day that all of us die. And as we get older, older, our bodies won't work as well as they once used to. And specifically here, Paul is thinking of the effect that the pressure and strain of persevering in the faith may take on us. But what's astounding is the perspective that Paul is speaking from here. Listen to these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is Paul speaking. I am talking like a madman. 
with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers in toil and hardship. Through many a sleepless night and hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is a daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. You name any kind of suffering, and the Apostle Paul had faced it. Yet we look at what he says next. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And so while we endure trials and difficulty and suffering, and we feel like we are wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And so as the the outer self is our bodies, our emotions, the inner self is, is our soul, it's our spiritual life, our spiritual vitality. And so while the outer self is deteriorating, the, outer self is co- the inner self is constantly being refreshed. It is growing, it is being furthered every day. And for Paul, this is what counts. Because for the Christian, what is of the greatest importance is that their souls, their spiritual life are constantly growing. They're constantly being renewed. Let me read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 to 19. I think this is the best description of what being renewed looks like. According to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. That is what our inner self being renewed looks like. It looks like a gradual increase in our understanding and experience of the breadth, length, height, and depth of the love that God has for us. It is the Holy Spirit working in us to make us more like Jesus, to make us more holy. But why is this a hope for us? Well, this work in us, this work to make us love Christ more, to make us more like him, will not be completed in this life, but there will be a time when it is fully completed. When Christ returns, our outer selves that have been wasting away will be replaced with a glorified, perfect heavenly body. We will be made perfect by the power of the resurrection of Christ, and we will no longer face the pressure and the strain of this life. We are told that God will wipe away every tear from our eye. We will be in perfection. We will enjoy the presence of Christ perfectly. And this is the hope in our renewal. This is what we look forward to. But then we move on to our second point. And secondly, what we want to see in verse 17 is our hope in glory. Verse 17 says this, 
For this light momentary affliction is preparing, us, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So in the previous verse, Paul has created this contrast between the outer self and the inner self. And here now, he presents another contrast, this time between the struggles and the suffering of this present life and the promise of what is to come after death for the Christian. Paul describes our current situation, our current struggles, as a light momentary affliction. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm going through difficult times, when things are going badly in my life, these afflictions certainly don't seem light, and they certainly don't seem momentary. I'm sure we all feel that when we are suffering, when we are grieving the death of a loved one, when we have been let down by our friends, whenever everything possible goes wrong at work, they don't feel light, but they weigh us down so much that, that we, can, we can barely handle the pain. And they so often don't feel momentary. They feel like they will last forever, and we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so is Paul saying here that we should just disregard that suffering? Or is he saying that that it's wrong to find these hard times difficult? That is not what he is saying at all. The reason Paul describes these difficult things as light and momentary is because of what he says next. This light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And so these sufferings, these hardships, these periods of deep sadness, the bullying or the jokes we have made at us for our faith, these things are preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. And what is this glory? This glory is heaven. This glory is the new creation that is the promised dwelling place for God's people after Christ returns. And this glory is beyond all comparison. There is no joy or no pleasure in this world that can exceed the sheer delight that we will experience in heaven. We will be made perfect and we'll be in the presence of our perfect Savior and experience the fullness of joy in Him. We cannot fathom the sheer perfection of heaven, the perfection of the place that God has prepared for us because of the love that He had for us if we are in Christ. And this is why He can call our afflictions light. Because what we have to look forward to is not light, but it is a weighty glory, an unimaginable place of perfect joy. And therefore, in comparison to the weight of the glory that we have promised, our afflictions are light. And this, as well as why Paul can call our afflictions momentary, Because although in the moment they feel like they will never end, in the light of eternity, they are but a blink of an eye. It's as if Paul here uh, has put our afflictions on one side of a seesaw and the joy that we will experience in eternity on the other side and the afflictions are suspended high in the air because they are but dust compared to the eternal joy that is before us. And this is what gives us hope. 
that no matter what we go through in our lives, we have an eternal weight of glory promised and prepared for us by our loving God. But why have Christians been promised this? Is it because Christians have done something special to earn it? Absolutely not. It is all because of Christ. It is all because he was willing to sacrifice himself on a cross and die so that we could be saved from the punishment of our sins. We are all sinners. We have all rebelled against God. But Christ made a way that we would not have to be punished for this sin. And so if you haven't yet put your faith in Jesus Christ, then this astounding promise is made available to you if you commit your life to him and turn away from your sins. But if you have put your faith in him, you have this incredible promise and the assurance of salvation, the assurance of heaven. And so what we are called to do here is to look at life with an eternal perspective. With the knowledge of this promise, all of our life should be viewed through, through the lens of eternity, knowing that we have this incredible hope of an eternity with Christ ahead of us regardless of how much pain we face here in this life. We will experience these afflictions in our lives. But as sure as this suffering is for us, the eternal weight of glory is just as sure. And it will give us unimaginable joy. Romans 8 verse 18, we read it earlier. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. But then finally, we move into verse 18. And thirdly, we want to see our hope in the unseen. And so Paul here now furthers this idea of having an eternal perspective he says in verse 18, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. How do we have this eternal perspective that Paul is calling us to? Will we look not to the things that are seen, but to those that are unseen? Well, what are these things that we can see? Well, what are these things that we're not meant to look to? Well, they are the things that we normally turn to when the hard times come. They're the things that distract us from hope and suffering. These are things like, like money, things like pornography, idolizing friendships and relationships, social media, the next promotion and work. Paul is saying that when the hard times come, these cannot be the things that we look to for comfort, direction, or identity. Why? Because these things are transient. These things are temporary. These things will never bring us the satisfaction or the comfort or the meaning that we are looking for because they don't last forever. So what does Paul tell us to look to? Well, he tells us to look to the things that are unseen. He tells us to look to Christ. 
Paul points us to the one who gave himself for us so we could, John chapter 10, live life and live it abundantly. He came to give us the fullness of joy if we look to him above all else. And why do we look to Christ? Why is he the thing that we look to in these situations? Because anything, anything unlike this world, anything in this world could offer us could never compare to Christ because he is eternal. Where the things that are seen are transient and temporary, he lasts forever. He is eternal. The gift of Christ can never be lost. He is eternal and he will never leave us nor forsake us. And this is why we look to him. This is why we commit to knowing him better and fixing the direction of our lives on him because he is eternal. And when everything else has wasted away, he will be there ready to receive us into the dwelling that he has prepared for us. When suffering comes, and it will, we cannot look to the things that we see, the things that are transient, but we must look to Christ, our comforter, our savior, and our hope. And so in conclusion, this is how we are to live an uncompromising life for Christ. No matter what trials may come our way, we can find hope in our renewal, knowing that we are being built up in Christ, loving him more each day with the promise that one day we will be fully renewed with our heavenly bodies where there will be no more pain or suffering. We can find hope in glory, knowing that there is a glorious life awaiting us that is beyond comparison to anything this world could offer us. And we can find hope in the unseen, looking not to the fleeting pleasures of life, but to our eternal Savior, who died for us, who purchased us with his blood, and has redeemed us to a life with perfect fellowship with him for eternity. Amen. Let's pray together.